0: i can invite you if you'd like to follow along with this morning's second scripture reading we'll be reading from second timothy chapter 3 verses 10 through 17 that's why you number pages There's a story in that. Um, my first Christmas Eve in, in Albuquerque, I, mid-sermon, dropped all my pages, and they were not numbered. Um, so anyway, I learned my lesson. Okay. okay. This morning's scripture reading comes from 2 Timothy, uh, chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. This is Paul, or someone writing a Timothy But you have paid attention to my teaching, conduct, purpose, faithfulness, patience, love, and endurance. You have seen me experience physical abuse and ordeals in places such as Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. I put up with all sorts of abuse, and the Lord rescued me from it all. In fact, anyone who wants to live a holy life in Christ Jesus will be harassed. But evil people and swindlers will grow even worse as they deceive others while being deceived themselves. But you must continue with the things you have learned and found convincing. You know who taught you. Since childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures that helped you to be wise in a way that leads to salvation through faith that is in Christ Jesus. Every Scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for showing mistakes, for correcting and for training character. So that the person who belongs to God can be equipped to do everything that is good. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This morning we're continuing our sermon series as I talk a little bit and look at our shared vision together. That we as a church have claimed for ourselves as we seek to grow with God, grow with others and grow in service to the world as we examine this phrase, through the Great Commission, which in a sense is the vision statement that Jesus made for all who are going to profess His name and follow Him in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, This is a passage, Jesus has been resurrected, He's appeared to the apostles, to the disciples, and before He ascends into heaven, He basically prays over them and commissions them to do the work of the church, to do the work of spreading His name and His message to all people. And so he says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Jesus gave this calling to the church, to a motley assortment of 12 people who were there to, well, 11 people who were there to follow him because Judas had left, and he told them to pass it on. This message, this life, this faith, this resurrection, everything that they had received. To others. Just as they had received. It themselves. And so he told them that this grace that they'd received. This love. This forgiveness that he himself had offered to them. Were expected to offer it to others. So that they too could discover this grace, love and forgiveness. And everything else. For themselves. And so each week we've been talking a little bit about the Great Commission and about what it means for us to share in this statement of faith together as we use it as a lens to look at the things that we are doing and the practices that we share in as individuals as we seek to grow in our personal faith and in our faith as a community, as we gather together as a whole, and then as we're driven outward to serve in our community, to engage the people around us, to offer service to the world. And so each week we've looked at a spiritual practice. Last week we started with the spiritual practice of prayer and about how it can help us to grow in our faith and our community and about how prayer can lead us to service. And so this morning I want to talk about Bible study, about reading the Bible, about engaging God's Word and think about how it helps us to grow in our faith as individuals and in our faith as a community and in our faith. As we see how God's word leads us to serving other people. And so this morning I want you to ask yourself the questions. How does my Bible reading help me to grow? How can a practice of Bible meeting help me to grow in my relationship with others? And then last ask, how has your Bible reading led you to serving other people? See, for thousands of years, those questions have been answered by men and women who have engaged the Scriptures and who have prayed to God and who have found answers. That the reading of Scripture can bring us to a place where you and I can grow in our faith as we learn more about God's story with His people and as we encounter Jesus through the Scriptures. Since the first recording of the Scriptures, since the very beginning, Christians have believed That all scripture has pointed to Jesus. This is kind of different from what I was taught in Sunday school as a child. I was taught that the Old Testament showed the faithfulness of God. And the way that God had chosen to interact with his people. And deliver Israel and make them his chosen people. And then the New Testament told us about Jesus. But if we go back and look. There's many that have said all along. That both testaments point us to Jesus. Both Testaments direct us to God, both Old and New Testament, Hebrew scriptures, or whatever you want to call us, turn our eyes towards the one who was going to come to offer us life as the Son of God in the world. You know that's kind of a different way to think about it. Recently, I've been reading a book. It's called "Jesus: A Theography, Not a Biography. And these authors, Leonard Sweet and and Frank Viola, I'm only at the very beginning, so I'm not going to paraphrase it or even read you the summary that I'm reading on the dust jacket here. But basically what they're saying is that all of Scripture points to the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And so they attempt in their book, and I'm only on about the second chapter because I just started it, is to point, even through the creation and the Old Testament, to point the arrows to help us see how God's plan from the very beginning, even in the Old Testament, even in the establishing of the people Israel, about how His plan was to eventually come down to earth as the Son and the incarnation, fully divine and fully human, to walk the earth that you and I walk. To share this, to, to experience the sin that we have experienced, and to offer Himself so that we might live. That's an interesting way to think about it. You know, but John's Gospel, chapter 1, begins with Jesus being the Word made flesh, doesn't it? And the flesh was there in the beginning, and the flesh came down to walk and live amongst us. The early church fathers believed this same statement. Irenaeus, who was alive in about 200 AD, he wrote, If anyone therefore reads the Scriptures with attention, he will find in them an account of Christ and a foreshadowing of the new calling. For Christ is the treasure which was hid in the field, that is, in this world, for the field is the world, but the treasure hid in scriptures is Christ, since he was pointed out by means of types and parables. So Irenaeus is basically saying and showing to us that even 200 years after Jesus' life, the church was already reading the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, and looking and seeing and saying that they point to God. And they don't just point to God and His faithfulness and His being ever-present and omnipresent and everything else that we read when we read the Old Testament. But they were saying that the Scriptures point us in the Old Testament to Jesus Christ. That's a different way to think about it. A more recent scholar that's probably more familiar to most of you, German pastor and martyr Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was killed in 1944, said the God of the Old Testament is the Father of Jesus Christ. The God who appears in Jesus Christ is the God of the Old Testament. He is the triune God. And so what he's basically saying is that Jesus is present in all things. In the scripture, even before the creation happened. Jesus was there, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the triune God is present. And that the scriptures help us to see who Jesus is. And how Jesus was the word. And how Jesus was present at the beginning if you read John chapter 1. And yet this is the same Jesus, who in the incarnation came to walk the earth as fully man and fully divine, as the Son of God. You know, it's a different way to think about it. But if you think about God's history and God's story with His people and our belief that God is present in all things and knows all things and is there before anything... Well, then it makes sense, because Jesus was part of God's plan, for Jesus is God. And Jesus offering himself was all part of God's plan, because God knew and always knows what will happen. And he knew what needed to be done so that you and I could have reconciliation, and so that we could receive forgiveness, and so that we could approach him in a new and a different way. Not through the vein of sacrifice as we read about in the Old Testament, but the sacrifice having been made in Jesus the Son. We are able to approach Him in our prayer life and in our worshiping life together. This morning's scripture we read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10-17 through is our second scripture. The author traditionally is believed to be Paul, who's writing Timothy, who we know from the scripture is an apprentice of Paul. He's a disciple of Paul. Because he followed Paul to learn everything that Paul was sharing. To see how he lived his life. And to hear the message that Paul is proclaiming about Jesus the Christ. And so Paul's writing this letter, if it is Paul or if it's someone writing in Paul's name, to encourage Timothy. To encourage him to keep the faith that he had received and that he had chosen to believe. I don't know the challenges that Timothy was facing at the time, but apparently there was something. That caused Paul to write him a letter to say, stay true to what you've learned. Stay true to the scriptures that you have read read since you were a young man. Stay true to the message that I have offered you. Believe the word that you have received from me, because it is not of my own. But it's of God's. And see, Paul tells Timothy that scripture is able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. That all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that we may be equipped for good. See, Paul doesn't tell Timothy that we use Scripture to, to, to beat each other up or to do any of the things that we often think Scripture is used kind of inadvertently or, or maybe on purpose for. But see, in Paul's scripture, he's saying to Timothy that scripture helps us to come to a place to where you and I can live our life in such a way that it leads us to good. To good in what we do, to good in what we offer to other people, to good in how we choose to live. And so reading scripture helps us to become better. Better at who we are, better at how we offer our worship, better at how we help other people, better at what we do and how we do. And if you look at that and and compare it to the first scripture we read, which comes from Peter, where it says that all scripture comes from God. Peter says that the scripture was not his, that it's not any of the apostles, but it was God's word spoken to people who were listening. And that's why we're to believe it. Because see, the scripture's designed Its intent for the last 2,000 years has been to point us to God. As individuals, it helps us to grow in our faith where we are able to come to a place where we recognize that Christ died for our sins and like 2 Timothy says, we are able to receive our salvation or we're able to come to a place where we recognize salvation. That's what it does. It helps and strengthen us. It helps us to grow. It helps us to learn. It helps us to to know our story of what it means to be a follower and a person of Jesus Christ and of what it means to be part of the family of God. I know many of you read the story earlier this year as part of our church-wide study. I hope that you're able to look back on it as beneficial as you read God's story as a continuous story as you read scriptures that you had never read, as you thought about them in a different way, and as you saw about who God is and who Jesus is and about how each of us can live our life in response to His grace. If you haven't picked up something else since then, I can't recommend Jesus the Theography yet, but there are lots of books that you can read. Read the Bible, read the scriptures that are listed in your bulletin for next week to prepare for next Sunday in worship, or even reread the story. We're not done when we read the Bible. We're not done when we engage the Scripture for the first time because every time we read, the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to something new, to something different, or you and I are able to learn a little bit more about who God is and about how God wants us to live. Biblical scholars, you know, people that, that are paid... To interpret the Bible that write the books and do the study and get into the original languages like Hebrew and Greek and Latin I think would be the first to tell us that they're never done when it comes to reading and studying the Bible because they never fully understand the Scripture and each time they read them or read someone else's thought on them thoughts on them God opens another door or cracks another window a little wider and it helps them grow and so for us as a church to say that we're going to grow with, other, or grow with God and with others in our service to the world, we have to be in the Scriptures. The Scriptures help us to see who God is. So that as we offer God to others, they can experience it and receive it. As a community, we have to grow together in our word of faith and in our study of God's word together. As we hear what the scripture is saying to each of us. But more importantly, when God is working through you to say something to me. Or vice versa. In the Bible studies I lead, for those of you that are part of the studies, I know that you'll recognize the book. But I always carry one of these books. It's just, you know, a, a composition notebook. I have to get the plastic cover because I tear the cardboard ones up. Um, but I always just write the notes of what I'm of doing in Bible study. Um... And I use them for sermon preparation too. But in Bible study I always have them. And so I write down the observations from the video that we're reading. I write down my thoughts as I'm I'm reading and listening. But then I also write down usually what people say. Especially if it's something that I've never heard of or heard before. Or the way they stated it is is just in a way that, that causes me to think. Because I believe that God speaks through each of you. I believe that the Holy Spirit works in each of us in different ways. And in Bible study, God reveals himself to us. And so I write down things that catch my ear, things I need to pray about, things I need to think about. Because hearing your insight, hearing what you discern from the scriptures, speaks to me differently than if I was just reading them by myself. If you're not part of a Bible study, our church has a number of them, most of them that have recently started a new book, that are offered. The Sunday school class in the libraries just started Jesus, On the Road with Jesus, Teaching and Healing. They're looking at the different sites where Jesus is um, in Israel that Jesus is attributed to have been to, where he healed people and where he taught and where he offered this message of life and grace to those that he encountered. The Family focused Sunday school class, which meets in room 3, is starting, they just started the last couple of weeks a book on John, the Apostle John, called The Way to True Life, and reading the Gospel of John and seeing what John says about Jesus being the way to life, or about Jesus being the way to life. The Monday morning Bible study next week starts a study called That the World May Know with All Your Heart. It's looking at the people of Israel. And not just uh, they're wandering, but they have now entered the land of Canaan as God is reminding them to remember where their blessing came from because they now live in the land that there's food and there's plenty and they're beginning to forget who led them to this land. They're beginning to forget who offered it to them. And then the Tuesday Bible study group, Tuesday evenings, is starting, um, or they're in the middle of uh, sharing the gospel, a Bible study called Converge about talking about sharing your faith with others and learning about that. And so all of those are available if you've not been a part of something because God speaks to us in different ways. God speaks to me through you and God speaks to me through some of my colleagues that I talk to about the scripture. Because that's what helps me to grow with others is when I read God's word and when I'm in it in such a way that others are able to speak to me and in doing that God is revealed to each of us. And the last question we asked was, how does God, or how does reading the Bible help us to serve other people? Or help lead us to serving other people? For me, reading the Bible is, helps me to see that life isn't just about us. It's not about our personal lives. It's not just about our families. It's not just about our church community. It's not just about our community here. Reading the scriptures leads us to look outward. It leads us to look outward in our world, in a world that tells us that we're just to worry about ourselves. It causes us to look outward into our community, and it leads us to see that being a person of faith often means helping other people. Or should mean helping other people. Through the Old and the New Testaments, we read about how the people of God, a people of faith, were called to help others. In the Old Testament, a few weeks ago in Bible study, we were talking about Exodus chapter 17. The people of Israel are wandering through the wilderness. They're, they're complaining to God. They're doing alright. God's providing for them. Um, but then they begin getting attacked by the Amalekites. Except it's not just the people of Israel that are being attacked. What's happened is is those that are at the rear of their column are the weak and the elderly and those that don't have the ability to keep up. And so they're the ones being attacked. And they're being taken as slaves because the Amalekites are known for capturing people and then selling them as slaves. That's how they made their, what their living. And see, God gets angry at this. He gets disappointed when the people of Israel don't stand up for each other. When they aren't the community that He calls and makes them and wants them to be. And so in our Bible study on, two, on Monday, Monday at noon a few weeks ago, we talked about how. God called the people of Israel to be more than the people that he had made them to be. About how he called them and created them to become a community. See, we often remember this story because this is the Bible story where Joshua led an army down into the valley and, Noah, and Moses stood on the, the hill holding his staff up, watching the battle. And every time the staff lowered, the Amalekites started to win. And when the staff went back up, the Israelites started to win. But the reason I'm sharing this story with you today is because it tells us that God wants us to look out for everyone in our midst. That reading the scriptures brings us to a place where we have to help other people. Where we'll want to help other people because we love them as God loves us. Another scripture that we read often with this passage of scripture that brings us to to serving others is in the book of Micah. Chapter 6, verse 9, verse 8 says, He has told you, human one, what is good and what the Lord requires of you. Do justice, embrace faithful love, and walk humbly with your God. See, the Scriptures take us to a place where you and I are encouraged, nor we're told that we need to be in the world and of the world. That we need to be sharing this gift of faith and life, and it's through our service that we're often able to come into places that we wouldn't be able to come normally or we wouldn't go anyway. And when we do, God rewards us by offering us opportunities to help others, by offering us opportunities to give a kind word, by offering us opportunities to share this faith that we've been given so that others may know and so that they may do good. See, Timothy phrases it perfectly in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 and 17, because it says the Scriptures are there to teach us so that we can do good, so that we can be good, so that we can share this faith that God has given us, and we can do it in such a way that it's good, that it helps others, that it builds others up, that it builds each of us up, so that in all things we are fulfilling the great commission that God has placed on our life. To make disciples for Jesus Christ in all the world. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them what I have commanded you. That's Jesus' mission for us. And the scriptures open our eyes to see, to hear, and to learn. So that we can carry his banner of faith, truth, and love into this world. Amen.